welcome to Telling the Tale, the podcast where we're going to go through every single one of Telltale Games' games. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here, as always, with Dustin Jackson. Dustin, how's it going? You know what? I'm going all right for tonight. Today's all right for tonight. I love that song. It's a good song. (laughs) It's so good, and you get to hear it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, they really weren't shameful at all about putting the same song in there multiple times (laughs) which is good i mean if if it's a good song and you know people are gonna love it the second and third time don't shy away yeah i mean if it were a lesser song i would find it a little weird but if it's uh all right for tonight i think it's all right for any time yeah i feel the same way about that as i feel about movies that go beyond the two hour mark it's like okay you know you can have an infinitely long movie and i'll still like it if you keep filling it up with things that I'm genuinely interested in and it doesn't slow down. And, yeah. you know, like if you have a four hour movie and it's good, that's great. If you have an hour and a half movie that doesn't have enough stuff in it, it's too long. I, I feel the same <laughs> way about the number of times you play the song Today is All Right for Tonight. That's true, but even then, I feel like if it's a long movie that I really like, I still have to be in the mood for it, because it's still a commitment. Sure, You're still sure. going to be sitting there for like two or three hours. Yeah, but that's adult talk right there. That's that's yeah. stuff that you, you learn over time, because you've been burned. I got places burned. to be, things to do. <laughs> you, it's burnt. <laughs> you learn that by burning yourself, by missing too many opportunities <laughs> in real life. <laughs> you don't have that wow. skill when you're a teenager. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to get so deep here today, right off the bat even. So we played Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People, Episode 4, Dangeresque 3, The Criminal Projective. That is the full name of this video game. That's a lot of words in a name. I think it might be, at the time it was released, the game with the longest title. Like wow, the, the video game with the longest title. Since then, there have been some indie games that are like way longer (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in the grand scheme of things would you say it's still probably one of the longer ones um like compared to every game out there yeah compared to every game out there it's it's in the top one percent of one percent (laughs) but compared to the longest thing i don't think it's even half as long (laughs) yeah like time yeah time is one long game huh dustin you're bringing Hey. You're bringing a lot of the the deep stuff too. This might be a deep ah. introspective week. I'd, I'm getting those vibes. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though. Despite this being a deep and introspective week, I don't know if I have that much to say about Dangerous Three: The Criminal Projective. I don't know if I do either. Just like beyond, I love it. Yeah, I was listening to a uh, a podcast I really like. Shout out to the Hop Ons podcast where they're currently in the middle of uh, rewatching Community. They got to the episode in Community. Uh, it's the first paintball episode. I don't know if you've you've watched Community, Dustin. Have you? I have not. But uh, fill me in on this paintball episode. Well, I'm chomping at the bit. So uh, many episodes of Community. I would say most of them are um treatises on what it means to be a sitcom Mm -hmm. and they they do interesting things with tropes in 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 weird ways and sometimes so there's like a lot of deep stuff to talk about and sometimes it's a paintball episode these happen roughly once per season 
where the entire community college just uh, breaks down into a paintball-themed Armageddon where um, <laughs> there, there's a prize for a paintball tournament that is, for some reason, way too good every time. Uh, and everyone wants to win, so they just like start shooting each other and destroying the school with paintballs. It turns them into animals. This is the episode of Community directed by the Russo brothers that got the Russo brothers the job that they would later become much more famous for directing Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Wow. Uh, So people liked this episode of the show. Thing is, uh, in this podcast I was listening to, this is a roundabout way of bringing it back to us, (laughs) um, (laughs) they didn't have much to say about it. They were just like, yeah, it was really well shot, and it was exciting to watch, and it was fun. I don't know. That is kind of how I feel about this, too, because honestly, playing through the whole thing, the whole time I was thinking this might be the easiest episode. I, think I don't it think is. I got stuck ever, but I'm fine with that. I don't care because it's so funny. I, I love this episode so much. Yeah, it's kind of funny that this episode trying to be cinematic would actually matter because the movie in fiction, Dangerous 3, The Criminal Projective, is barely cinematic at all. <laughs> but but the, the mechanics of storytelling in this episode of the video game is much more cinematic than previous episodes of this video game. Right. It's also structured kind of weirdly. I feel like in the other episodes, you kind of have like your act one, act two, act three. This one is just kind of moment to moment scenes, which is fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. It, but I did note it. I could never tell like how far I was in it. Yeah. Uh, Telltale games, especially like the later half of Salmon Max season one onward, including most of the episodes so far, except this one in Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People, have been really dialed in to a four-act structure. Um, act one is is barely an act. It's not that long at all. It's usually like an intro sequence. Um, like, oh, there's a robot stomping around Sam and Max's street. And then act two is like gathering intel on the mystery trying to figure out how we can start putting this thing into motion. Act three, there's a twist, and then you need to solve a problem that comes out. And acts two and three are like 90% of the episode. And then act four is sort of a a mirror of that first act where it was just like a really quick intro thing. Now it's a really quick like boss fight thing where you try Mm. to bring everything to a close and usually engage with some Rube Goldberg machine (laughs) <laughs> of like hitting one wall to knock a bowling ball off the other wall to roll down a thing and hitting a bad guy in the face um it's it's usually that four act structure um and and the uh <laughs> the difference between the second act and the third act in sam and max is usually very apparent because that boundary line is where they put the musical number and uh <laughs> that's true in in um an episode like Dangerous 3 where they really don't do that. They just sort of put a bunch of tableaus in a row for you to run through. I think there's like maybe seven or eight mini scenes in this movie that you just do in order. It kind of throws you off. It, it does. At no point 
I was kind of like, am I like halfway through this? Am I near the end? It was kind of hard to tell. But I feel like if there's any episode you can do that with, it's this one since it's 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 meant to be a bad movie. Strong bad. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. So it, it makes total sense that he wouldn't even think to divide this movie up into acts one, two and three. It's just a bunch of scenes. It's just a bunch of things happening. Yeah, there's a scene in the movie where Homestar playing the bad guy Uzi Bazooka um, <laughs> shoots Sonor Cardgage playing uh, Dangerous's uh, dad, Dadgeresque, and kills him. <laughs> and you cry over dead Sonor Cardgage. And that felt like the end of the movie almost. And that's barely halfway through the episode. That's one of my favorite parts of the entire episode. It made me laugh so hard. It's really when, good. <laughs> uh, yeah. When when Ronaldo, uh, played by Coach Z, says, Oh, he's gone, dangerous. And you just see Senor Card Gage walking away in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, spe- <laughs> speaking of, uh, you've been talking, I think, once per episode so far about liking Sonor Card Gage, and I knew this was coming and I didn't say anything uh, because I didn't want to spoil <laughs> it for you. Uh, how did you feel about the the first real use of Sonor Card Gage by Strong Bad School Game for Attractive People? I love it. I love that technically he's not even supposed to be playing himself, even, but he is. It, it's Sonor Card Gage, but he's supposed to be playing Strong Bad's dad or Dangeresque's dad, but... Strong Bad needs to kind of act around what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there's no way to make him read the script, so you just have to get him to talk and hope it works. <laughs> yeah, you are you have to kind of bend it to wherever they're at in the script. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. I, I feel like it was the perfect way to use him. And they don't use him too much. He's not even like a major character in this episode. Just like he's not you, a major character. You can character. make him a major character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be you know, if there's anything wrong with uh episode two, which was up to this point my favorite one in the, the series, Strong Baddie of the Free, it was mm. that like I I felt even if I didn't have the sort of social problems that I do with the depiction of Homsar, I, I felt like, oh man, you're really milking Homsar. Uh, this it's hard to get much out of Homsar because he doesn't he he isn't a person. He yeah he doesn't he's have a walking non sequitur. Yeah, there's like five characters in the Homestar Runner universe that are walking non sequiturs like that, and uh, they're all great. I love them all, but you can't have them too much, and that's sort of the purpose of them. Yeah. If you try Although, to put an episode around the the drive through whale, which is definitely one of those five, <laughs> it won't work. Yeah, that's true. Although, Senor Card Gage does have, like, a couple of cartoons where he gets to be the star. But he's not, like, a character who shows up in, like, every email or episode. But whenever he does, they make it work. Like, the Sonorial Day episode. Yeah. And, and that's like so the, good. the cartoons where he does get to be a star, I think this is another, like... We were talking about Looney Tunes last week. This is another thing like that where Bugs Bunny can be the star of a thing for about three minutes uh, <laughs> <laughs> before it it's realized that like, oh, he has to do drama work, like narrative acting, and he, he can't. Like he there's there's no way to make him do that. Um yeah. Anyway, yeah. This episode again good? Yeah, I love it. Even though Gameplay-wise, it's maybe not as strong. Like we said, it is very easy. 
there there just aren't a whole lot of puzzles that stump you like you get like the part where you have to get the three ingredients for uh dr what's pom pom's character's name Ooh. uh see that that one's hard because this is a character for this (laughs) he's not in any of the danger asking oh what is his name uh dr something experimento experimento that's yeah so you have to get the three items for dr experimento and it's the easiest thing in the world you already have the soda from your office yeah then you just go to the stick and get a flower and then the part with marzipan's hair is uh you know for this the closest thing to a puzzle yeah and uh and it's fine it's it's i don't care that it's so easy because i just want to get to the funny bits for this one how's it rank with the other episodes it's so hard i i wonder it's my favorite because concept it's, it's my favorite for sure okay i it's it's probably my favorite too just because i think the comedy and writing really carry it um i i think gameplay wise strong baddie of the free is still probably my favorite but overall yeah i gotta put this one at the top yeah, Strong Baddie of the Free is the one I always go back to in my mind when I think of Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people. Oh yeah, like like that episode. And I think it's just a really strong example of what you can do in this universe with the style of gameplay all coming together. It's probably like the singular most successful combination of those elements. But yeah. Danger, I, Dangerous 3, I don't think about with Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people. I just think it's like its own thing. It's It kind of is because they've been building yeah. up to Dangerous 3 for so long and now they just decide to do it as a game. And it probably is the best way they could have done it after so much buildup. It's the only way it could be big. Yeah, it feels like a TV show had its normal season run and then like had one more episode way later in the year for like a Christmas special. Like Doctor Who yeah. does that. It has a season and then it has a Christmas special that's not attached to the season. Um it, it, this feels like that except it's just right there in the five episode season in the middle of it. Um yeah, it's great. I I love it. It I understand why Dan Connors said that it was one of his favorite Telltale episodes ever. Um, <laughs> wow good yeah it, it, he it, we it was uh this one and then number five from tales of monkey island wow nice that i remember that one being a great one and uh number one of the walking dead i think he said oh not, episode one of uh season one yeah that's a good one those are all very uh memorable standout episodes so i can agree with those yeah, I I think the thing with the puzzles is like you're you're right. Like they are worse in and of themselves. I guess that's just fine. Yeah, it doesn't it's bother not what me. They're going they're for worse. with this season. Yeah, exactly. Um like when you want your really like adventure game ass adventure game puzzles Telltale has Salmon Max and they have Monkey Island for you to do that. And this is much more about just the world. Um, it's it's about having an interactive Homestar Runner experience. Yeah. And as far as give me a cool Homestar Runner experience that I can play through, it this is the best episode in the season so far. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I I'm excited to see what you think about Eight Bit is enough because uh I mean not too many spoilers. We'll get to it when we get to it. But I remember the next episode at the time thinking, oh, this is my favorite uh for sure. But then um your roommate Adam recently replayed <laughs> through it. He hated uh-huh. it. Uh, interesting like he hated it <laughs> wow and uh a lot of the concerns he raised seemed legitimate to me even though i remember liking it the most so uh i remember hearing people liking it the most too yeah uh well let, let's let's get into the nitty-gritty of this episode the way it starts already threw me for a loop because like they show <laughs> the the wall of dangerous office and it's like a realistic texture of a brick wall. And it yeah, doesn't the lighting look like is totally anything different. else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. It's cool to see something different with these uh, characters in the world. You're pr- this is the first time they ever do this with Homestar, I think. Yeah. They, I, um, <laughs> I wrote down in my notes here, real bricks? What are these graphics? <laughs> um... Because, yeah, they they don't look like... (laughs) This doesn't look like the Homestar world at all. Um, It doesn't keep up through the episode. Most of the episode is just the normal graphics. But I I did notice that it seemed like the lines, like the outlines on characters... Let me know if you noticed this, too. It seemed like they were thicker. Like like this episode was maybe a different uh, art style that they were tampering with the engine a little bit for. Did you see that or or am I making stuff up about that? I feel like subconsciously it's something I noticed, just something being a little different. I never really thought about it, but I it it did feel a little different. I would have, I would probably have to go back in and really look at it while thinking about it. Yeah, I would need some side by sides to make sure. But um, like where I noticed it the most was when if if you go to the lappy in Dangerous's office and you check your emails. Uh, the lappy has like a black outline around it and it seemed way more pronounced than I remembered it being in any past episode. Interesting. Yeah, like, I I, I don't know if it was like actually something being different or if I was just kind of in like a weird headspace or what. So I think now that you said that, I might go in, look at it and be like, wow, Mitch was totally right. No, it's probably Mitch was totally wrong. <laughs> Always is. Mitch lied to me. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. Um, He's made a fool out of me yet again. I kind of don't know how to go through this episode. We would normally go act by act, but like we talked about earlier, this one doesn't really have it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't even have a whole lot of notes. I just have like a lot of lines. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess the, the, the overall overarching concept here is that Strong Bad finally got around to making Dangerous 3, The Criminal Projective, which is a movie and the, the final movie in a trilogy of movies that have appeared in past Homestar Runner cartoons. Uh, I, I think both of them were in Strong Bad emails. The first yeah. one was... Dangeresque 2, and then the second one was Dangeresque 1, it's Dangeresque 2. Dangeresque 2? <laughs> and now, finally, Dangeresque 3 is happening. Um, which I, I think must have been uh, like a high-priority fan demand at the time of like, I want to see a third Dangeresque movie. 
Um, yeah, I'm. They were building it up since Dangerask Two or Dangerask One, Dangerask Two. Yeah. Because uh, the whole point of that one was asking about Dangerask Three, so it had been in the ether for a long time. If uh, if Netflix ever makes a Homestar Runner movie, like we talked about and theorized at one point, um, not that there's any reason they would, <laughs> but if they ever do, <laughs> I would love the full length uh, motion picture of the Homestar universe to be Dangerous Four. I think that would be a good uh, narrative through line for it. I would love that. Like these dangerous emails and this episode, there's just so much potential for funny jokes. Even when it's the same joke, this episode uses a lot of jokes from the dangerous emails and they're just so funny. Even then, like, uh, like using strong sad as a stunt double and and you can just clear like when they're jumping off the building, uh, Dangerous Ronaldo and Cutesy Buttons are jumping off the building, and it cuts to uh, Strong Sad yeah. is dressed up as Strong Bad, but then the other two are just wooden props. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that gets me every time. In oh boy, have you ever seen the Jack Black movie Be uh, Be Kind Rewind? No, I want to. I just never got around to it, but I've always wanted to. They top down premises that they lose a lot of this one video store's uh, movies. So they have to reshoot all the movies uh, and they just make like bad home video versions of all the movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, very it's dangerous. just a really funny concept. Yeah, yeah it's, it, just, it's good every it's time super... you see it. Yeah, they were. Um, so how familiar are you with uh, the Muppets, Mitchell? I've been watching, you're going to hate me when I say this. <laughs> I've been watching 15 minutes of the original Muppets movie every day, once a month <laughs> for the last four months. <laughs> How does that work? Wow. I tried to watch it the first time, kind of put it down. And then I was like, yeah, that was fun though. Let me watch it like a month later, watch another 15 <laughs> minutes, put it down. <laughs> and I've been watching it 15 minutes at a time. Great so far. You'll, you'll. You'll finish it someday. Yeah, I can even check right now how far I am into it. I think I'm an hour <laughs> and ten minutes into it. Oh, that's near the end, I think. I don't think it's a very long movie. It's been um, long for me. <laughs> <laughs> Months at a time. It might just be the longest movie ever made for you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never done that with other movies. It's just this movie. I don't know that's why so I That's so strange, but I love, I love that this is the movie that this happens to. Yeah, I'm not even not liking it. It's great. Um, yeah, I know but, the Muppets. Uh, the reason I brought it up was because at one point they were uh, planning to make a movie called, uh, I think it was called like the cheapest Muppet movie ever made. That was a similar concept. Like uh, Gonzo blows the budget for their next big movie. So they kind of have to make a movie around that. Oh, that's and cool. I assume it would have been something like that. It would have been like this shitty uh, compromised movie, but uh, they didn't end up making it. But I assume it would have been very funny like this. So... Um, the overarching story of Dangerous 3, The Criminal Projective, if you can call it one, is Cutesy Buttons, played by Marzipan, asks Dangerous for help getting the formula for, like, <laughs> enhanced plant growth. She lost it, she wants it back. And you get it back, and then... 
then like it's hard to even think of like how this story <laughs> is uh cutie <laughs> buttons is always about the serums she remember she's she, always into she the had, serums yeah yeah she needed the serum to not be kidnapped <laughs> yeah didn't work out <laughs> oh yeah um uh, <laughs> Then, then there's a, a rocket to the sun. <laughs> it's it's so hard. <laughs> to, yeah, to actually the, think about the thing story is goes. the thing is like it's not like it it's badly written, but it's supposed to be. So that just makes it even funnier that we have just have no idea how to even explain what happens. Yeah, you find out that the launch codes for the rocket to the sun were stolen by <laughs> someone named Uzi Bazooka. Then you find out that Home Homestar's character, Dangeresque 2, is actually Uzi Bazooka in disguise. And then you find out that Uzi Bazooka just looks like Homestar and isn't Dangeresque 2. And Dangeresque 2 is, is a different character. And then Dangeresque <laughs> 2 and Uzi Bazooka, both Homestar, get in a fight. Uh, and for some reason... <laughs> So many, there's so many good jokes in that, like how they do the split screen between the two home stars, uh, like, like the parent trap. Yeah. And and then when they're fighting, when they're fighting and they have strong, sad be one of the home stars when they use, uh, Uzi bazooka. Yeah. Uh, strong, sad really took a few for the team in the filming of this movie. (laughs) Yeah. He, yeah, he does in all of these. He he plays pretty big parts, even though he has no like reason to help. That's one of my favorite jokes in the email is uh, when they're talking to him, they're asking him about Producci. He says, what do you know about Producci, doughboy? And Strung Set says, I already told you I'm not going to be in your stupid movie. Then it cuts and you see Strong Bad took his sandwich. What do you know about Producci, doughboy? Only that I am not one of his minions. <laughs> Um, so the, the rocket lab takes place (laughs) in, um, Strong Bad's computer room, which they moved the fun machine into because the fun machine has a game called Space Circus Catastrophe that I guess Strong Bad wanted to use to emulate the visuals of going through space. I guess it works. Yeah, sure. It works. It, It gets you where you need to go. Um... Guess did what, you Mitch? play this game? <laughs> yes, I did. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I did play this game. I did play Space Circus Catastrophe. What do you think of did Space you... Circus Catastrophe? I actually enjoyed it. I thought of all the games so far, this was the good one. Would you know? Yeah, I did play Math Kickers and Hot Babely and Odyssey. Yes! <laughs> okay, this I this episode has been a 27 minute and 40 second adventure of me trying to find out if you played these games hell yeah dude i'm i'm stoked yeah. on that what, okay uh, let's go through all three of these before we go back to dangerous three math kickers uh okay. featuring the algebras what did you think i didn't like it yeah I, I, it's not good yeah it sucks <laughs> i i played it for like five minutes i i beat the first level i got to the second level I don't want to sound stupid. I can do basic math. Well, but <laughs> you you don't need to do any math, though. Yeah. You just need to balance the sides of the guys. 
Oh, is that all it was? I played this like right after I woke up, so maybe it just didn't <laughs> sink into my little brain. Yeah, so if there's five guys on the left and three side guys on the right, you just need to kill two guys on the left and then you've balanced the equation. Okay, I wasn't even paying attention to the number of guys. I was like actually trying to do the equations. Oh, yeah, it'll get you like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why I didn't like it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's my favorite part about Math Kickers, which is it... This is a fair criticism of a lot of educational games where it looks like you're doing math. It looks like you're learning, but you're just learning how to play the game uh, <laughs> most of the time. You don't need to do any math in Math Kickers. You you hit two guys on the side, and then like the balancing the or or factoring the quadratic equation, all you need to do is just hit it a bunch of times, and then it keeps factoring on its own. <laughs> Okay, I I wanted to make sure that's what it was. Yeah, no, there's no math. That's where I kept getting tri- tripped up. There's no math in the whole game. <laughs> Maybe I would have played it more had I known that. Well, I mean, it, it's not like that great. It's just a lot better than Snake Boxer. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, uh, so... Then I played Hot Babely and Odyssey. Hot Babely and Odyssey. What'd you think of that one? I also hated it. <laughs> no, it, it was... It was... It was I, I feel like after a while, they drop in too many nebulons, and I'm like, Well, that's when you on. press the left button and you use the bomb. I felt like I did, and it didn't do anything. Maybe I did it wrong. Maybe I well, you only got wrong. two bombs. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that, that might be it. Um, that one, out of... That one's hard. That one That one's hard, but it's hard. It's the first one that's hard in a way that is not stupid (laughs) yeah it feels like an actual game yeah Um, but this one space circus catastrophe i actually thought was pretty fun yeah space circus catastrophe feels like a warioware almost where it's just yeah let me show you something really quick and then take it away and then show you it really quick and take it away um and you just have to react to it you're either avoiding an asteroid coming from up down left or right in which case you just need to move to the opposite direction it took me a second to get that. I thought you could just move out of, like, in any direction out of its way. But, you know, me too. once you get it. Yeah, yeah. Once once you understand what it's asking of you, it's a lot easier. Um, How far did you get? So, I got to... Uh, so, I got... My score was 20,050. Wow, I think that's higher than I got. Uh, I think you need a 15,000 uh to to get the green light on that uh checklist thing in your inventory so like Mm. that's how far you actually need to get in order for the game to respect you um you have to earn the game's respect i barely got to the black hole which is the way the levels go it's pluto uh neptune uranus and it's it goes through all the planets uh, and then Mercury, and then the sun, and then if you beat the sun, it's the black hole. And I looked up to see, like, okay, what would be next? Because I, I died there, and I didn't want to go through the whole thing again. At the black mm-hmm. hole, it just keeps repeating black hole every time. Okay. But a little bit faster. Yeah, I beat the sun, so black hole would have been next. Nice. Well, you you did it. <laughs> you're you're all caught up on your Vitelectrix games. What's what's the takeaway? Oh, uh, one out of four ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, w- I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this one. I mean, obviously, it's just like this little mini game within a game. But, uh, you know, I, f- I wanted to keep going. I kept going until I died. I didn't just, like, exit out of it right after dying the first time. Yeah, so I... I like how um, they all seem to represent different eras of 80s gaming, mm-hmm. uh, especially because 80s gaming, I, I think now is thought of as whenever it's used for nostalgic purposes or, or used as a reference, it's sort of monolithic. It's all like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is the NES. Have fun. In uh, Math Kickers is the NES, but... Um, Hot Baby and Odyssey is like almost the kind of game you'd find on a uh, ZX Spectrum, and Snake Boxer is definitely an Atari game. Yeah, yeah. The Fun Machine is very versatile. They put a lot of uh, detail into it. Yeah, but it 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 reminds me. Was there was there a Teen Girl Squad in this episode at all? No. Do you think they? <laughs> heard the complaints <laughs> i i i mean yeah because they were the, the forums were active and they were on them the, the yeah i remember talking to devs at the age of 14 when this game was coming out <laughs> being the biggest asshole just talking to devs uh <laughs> in, in embarrassing memories honestly if if i i can get i into remember it. reading the forums i don't remember posting that much um yeah but they they were there and they uh they they were the way they were so they i think they might have just taken out the teen girl squad but people loved these vitelectrics games um so like they they enhanced that and they i think they leaned into it maybe even harder than they would have anyway um to the point where the last episode seems to be based more on video games well, I mean, the I think that was probably set in stone to begin with, but mm-hmm. but yeah, um, two thousand eight was a time period when eighties nostalgia was still nostalgia and wasn't just like the thing you do. Because <laughs> I I was not born in the eighties. I don't have eighties in my blood. Um, so when someone references the eighties, I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I've seen a, I've seen Mario. I've seen Mario. I've seen Turtles. I'm not mad at you. I get what Pac-Man is. Yeah. I even like those things. I would go as far to say I, but like nostalgia. No, no, no. It's not nostalgia. I'm not nostalgic about George Washington. You know, it's, it's something that is, uh, <laughs> it's just not part of my life at all. So. I was born in the 80s, but it was the tail end of the 80s. It was at the point where I was like, I was one and a half by the time the 90s rolled around. Were scrunchies so have, in or out yet? Um, I think they might have been kind of on the fence. They were okay. kind of testing them out. Okay. <laughs> they were testing um, them out. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows uh, how these are going to go? They were biting their nails. They were so nervous. Uh, this will make or break. But yeah, I have no connection to the 80s or anything from the 80s. My nostalgia is early 90s stuff. Yeah, my even though I missed some of the early 90s and wasn't a, like intelligent for most of the 90s, I feel like I'm still 
that's still where I'm pulling from in terms of mm-hmm. nostalgia. I think that just means the 90s is better. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, every generation I mean, it... will agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's when you were born, Mitch. So I would say the 90s were better than the 80s. Oh, wow. What a what a weird compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you never heard that one before. Um, At the end of the movie... Uh, Dangeresque kills Uzi Bazooka, who is revealed to be a robot, with a <laughs> diamond-tipped solar drill, and stops uh, <laughs> stops the cheats character Craig, uh, who who, who doesn't even he's not even a factor until the very end. Yeah, he's revealed to have built Uzi Bazooka, but is just sort of around. Craig. Uh, <laughs> He he kills Craig by uh, kicking him into an airlock and set, jettisoning him out, jettisoning him <laughs> out into space. And then it it sort of zooms out from the movie, and it reveals Strong Bad and all of his friends and everyone that was in the movie watching the movie with it, and they're all mad at the movie except Strong Bad because they were uh, either their parts were cut or they were portrayed poorly. Um, you know, there's lots of reasons to not <laughs> like this movie. Coach Z's is my favorite <laughs> because Coach Z thought that Dangeresque was going to rescue his character, Ronaldo, and carry him off into the sunset. And Strong Bad says, oh, no, 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 no. He dies in this one. <laughs> yeah, everyone's pissed. Yeah, it's Everyone very- had some sort of compromise to their character in this movie. Uh, did you try the extended play at all? Um, I don't think I did. So this, this episode, I would, I would recommend to, to listeners out there, if you're playing it and you also didn't try the extended play, do go back and do it. Uh, this is the only good extended play in the whole (laughs) season, I'd say. Uh, you can go to each place and it's shot like bloopers and outtakes and like, uh, commentaries there's just like a oh, lot more awesome. story after the after the credits roll i might actually go back and do that then and like 90 percent of the things on that checklist that you have every episode are specifically for extended play in this one that's how that's just how it should be that is just how it should be like you can't even get most of the collectibles until extended play in this one uh, yeah yeah you know what's one thing that's weird about this season is the way they do the uh black metal detector yeah i don't like because like in the first one you don't get it until you get to the king of towns uh castle in the second one you just have it yep in the third one it's in strong bad's room you can get it right away but you still have to like get it and put it in your inventory and yeah and then this one you just kind of find it as well it's yeah it's weird. like part of the like, movie that you have... get it but you don't need it for the movie yeah they should just have it as part of your inventory at all times in every episode just have it have you start with it well in this one you can't actually use it until extended play wrong oh, okay that that's wrong sorry i didn't mean for that to sound so no <laughs> accusatory. I'm, I'm hang on i'll just like, hang out wrong! in the corner over here <laughs> No, but uh, the reason I know that you're wrong about this uh, is because I tried it and I did find a couple things, although it's weird the way it works because 
You know the part where you're talking to uh, Strong Sad, he's playing all the uh, brothers, and you have to find out which one's uh, actually Perducci. Um, I kept trying to use the black metal detector there, and it would, like, let me take it out and search for it, but it would never tell me something was there. But then once Strong Bad, or Strong Sad was out of that spot, then it would let me find stuff. Right, okay. So... Wait, but when do you go to that spot when Strong Sad's not there? Just if you return after. Oh, okay. So I think at that point, though, that's already like post that area's main story yeah, significance. Yeah, but, but you can still do it before extended play is all. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so there's a puzzle at one point where you need to um, trace lines from boxes to the correct Mexican food that it's pointing to. And then figure out how to reorganize those boxes. Um, this is a weird thing for me. I really have a lot of trouble tracing lines like this. No, it's this one was a little me. hard. I feel like the lines in general in this one were a little weird to follow. I was having a little trouble with it too. I, I mean, I got it, but it some it did take me a couple tries. Sometimes I was like, wait, was that that one or that one? Yeah, it it almost took me like a, a minute per one line. Uh and that's that's a long time if you've seen these lines. Uh they're <laughs> not particularly long lines. It's it's just a it, it's one of those knot puzzles. You'll you'll sometimes see where you follow a line along uh like a a knot and try to see where it's pointing to. These have just always kind of been hard for me. Um I I don't know. I think my my eyes are bad. <laughs> Well, that's I know okay, my Mitch. eyes are bad. That's that's just fact. Um, <laughs> You're still my little slugger. Oh, thanks, thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of Sam and Max references in this one. Yeah, dangerous. I, I kind think of I, is Sam and Max. Yeah, I think the only one I really saw, or that comes to mind right away, is at the beginning when you get the call from uh, the commissioner. Mm-hmm. There's another. Um, Sometimes the king of town as Perducci when you're playing cards can deal you the embarrassing oh. idle time card from yeah. uh, Chariots of the Dogs. That's right. I like that. I love little cameos like that. Yeah. Also, so, sort of more of an homage than an explicit reference. Um, the way you can use your nunchuck gun on the environment is a lot like how you always have the gun in Sam and Max. Yeah. Um, just for this episode. I think Dangeresque is if if Strong Bad knew about Sam and Max, um, and I guess he does later, um he will he he would funnel a lot of that knowledge into his depiction of Dangeresque. <laughs> Dangeresque That's is true. very uh, Sam and Max. Much much mm-hmm. flint paper, really. Yeah, he fights uh he he fights the law. And then sometimes fights the crime, but not as much. Yeah. <laughs> he he has an office that someone is paying for somehow with... Because <laughs> uh, that office is, is funny to me. Because that office building, it looks like they just rented it out of something. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's either like free rental office space in a mall. Or maybe it's someone's... Like a room in someone's house. You can't exactly tell. But the window is looking right out to the um, like the greenery space that's sort of next to the stick, um, <laughs> which means that right 
where <laughs> the, the the stick you you walk around in a circle and you can get back to the stick so that greenery area is a circle it yeah i never in- noticed that before it never occurred to me that that was just like a circle but i guess it makes total sense well inside of that circle is some sort of office building <laughs> <laughs> and they rented out an office in that building in order to to shoot this it's a, it's a lot of locational <laughs> information right there that's so funny like just imagine a big office building in the middle of this field of a stick a car bub's concession stand yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh that's where they go for bizcast fry that's where that's where they go oh that's true yeah unless there's a reason to not headcanon that but i don't think there is <laughs> um i wrote a note here uzi bazooka dies a robot's death why did i write that that's nothing <laughs> <laughs> dies a robot's death i did write that um oh oh okay Th- so there's a scene in where you're, you're like manipulating the space station you're supposedly on in order to roll the solar drill into uzi bazooka's chest you like turn it to the left turn it to the right and it rolls along the ground thing is yeah they've clearly when you press the roll right button they're, they're clearly just like turning the camera because you can't change the house it's it's Shot in uh, Strong Bad's basement. Yeah. But. But then how is the drill? How is the drill moving? (laughs) (laughs) You you, you picked up on that too? It was bucking me so bad. Like how on earth would that happen? It's because it's (laughs) not actually tilting. Strong Bad wouldn't have been able to do that. Maybe maybe they just cut out someone pushing it. If they cut out anything, you would have seen it. That's true. <laughs> That's some of my favorite parts of this episode. Yeah, the they things they... <laughs> I, I love uh, when King of Town does his last scene as Perducci. He's like, yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my time. <laughs> if, you, if you need me for pickups, call me later. And he just walks off scene. <laughs> or, or like when uh, Homestar is uh, trying out the... I forget what the line is, but it's he he like says a line four different times like, yeah, go with that first one. Yeah. <laughs> uh what if you were just watching the Avengers and one time uh Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man, he says, I am Iron Man. Anyway, guys, it's been so good working with you. Uh I'm gonna go, <laughs> but if you need me, you have my agent's number. And they just left it in the movie. They should do that. They're and they cowards. just they awkward <laughs> they awkwardly cut in the middle of it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. I would love if they did Avengers in Dangeresque style. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> or Dangeresque in Avengers style, either way. Yeah, I guess I'd be down for either yeah, one. D- either do the dumb story, but like really expensive, or the, I guess, traditional Avengers story, but super not expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, You see, I. Oh, one. Oh, yeah, go for it. Oh. I was just going to say one cameo that I liked seeing in this episode was uh, the River Quest Safari Venture. What What is that? Oh, it, yeah, that's that's the origin of the uh, the shark, the bear holding a shark, right? It, it's when, uh, yeah, Strong Bad's doing like a crappy uh, Jungle Cruise knockoff of Strong Badia. <laughs> and like the boat's not even moving. And like uh, Homestar's just sitting in a boat and uh, <laughs> Strong Bad's talking like, 
Alright, now everybody keep their hands and legs inside the ride, and let's get this going. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, the bear with the shark pops up behind the fence, and, uh, Strong Bad's like, uh, oh, watch out, there's a monster behind the fence, and Homestar goes, <laughs> I love that uh, Homestar's down for that though. That he's he's just excited to do the ride with Strong Bad. No, he was very much not into it. <laughs> he he uh he, he was not excited. Strong Bad's trying to get him excited. Well, not, he's like, not mm. excited, but like he at, theoretically he's feigning before, excitement before that scene happened. Strong Bad came was... up to Homestar and said, would you like to be on a river adventure cruise? And yeah. Homestar inevitably said, would I? And, and then <laughs> and they at did. the end, he says, at the end, he says, Strong Bad, I have to be honest. That was probably the worst $3,000 I ever spent. <laughs> um, I, oh, th- thank you for bringing up Disneyland. Because I had a thought. There was a NES game um, set in Disneyland that had yeah. a mini game that is almost exactly Space Circus Catastrophe. Oh, really? Yeah, like almost exactly. Um wow. except not I think the I know the game stuff. you're talking about, but I didn't know it had a game like that in it. Uh do you remember what it was called? No, but I I remember watching a video of it on YouTube a long, long time ago. So I think I know what you're talking about, but not enough to be of any help. Okay. Well. (laughs) uh, No need to thank me. I just Googled NES Disneyland. It gave me Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. Oh, this looks right. Yeah. Um, Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. There was... Yeah, I'm like pretty sure there is a... there's a space mountain mini game in this. That's basically just it's like uh, literally space catastrophe. Yeah, like a like a one to one, exactly it. That kind of makes me want to play it a little bit because I liked uh, space circus catastrophe. Uh, okay, I gotta, I I, I gotta uh, find a YouTube. Ooh, okay, I, I found a video of the mini game. Yeah, this is exactly <laughs> what I remember. Um. And I'm watching an ad on YouTube just for you, audience. And now I'm watching the thingy thing. This is the most immersive podcast. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> it's um, like I'm really there watching a video on YouTube. Yeah, this is totally it. So what what you do is uh, in, instead of asteroids coming up on your, mm-hmm. your heads-up display, you have a just arrows. And you just need to press the D-pad in the direction of the arrow. And sometimes an asteroid comes at you. You shoot that. Um, this is the game. <laughs> this is this is straight <laughs> up like exactly it. Um, wow! Like even like the amount of damage you take, I think, is the same or similar. Wow! Wow! It they wore their inspiration on their sleeve. Their their bunchy sleeve. I don't have anything else to say about this episode, I think. I don't think I do either. We covered the important bits because like 75% of my notes are just all the lines. Yeah. Well, speaking of, let's head into our segments and let's start it with our brand new segment. We started last week, the golden moment. 
Ooh, the golden moment. The golden moment is your favorite micro moment of the episode. Just a just a, a small little thing that happened. Mine is uh, it, the the thing that made me laugh the most is when I was in Venice talking to Strong Sad's character, and all of a sudden I got a pop up for Ireland. Just that one <laughs> moment of like, oh, I'm going to Ireland now. <laughs> and then I yeah. I get the pop-ups for Tokyo and then Cairo and Paris and uh I think one more. <laughs> uh just like, well wait, why am I doing these things? Uh that's yeah. that's probably my golden moment. It's funny, this episode probably fills out your map the most of any episode so far, I think. I think that you're left with like one free space left. Yeah, but it's not fair because most of those locations are just the, are the same, same spot. <laughs> it's the same with bridge over the river uh, with a <laughs> with, with like a different flavor <laughs> theme song for Ireland or Tokyo or Venice. And, and just a prop in the background to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's I my mean, golden moment. I think my golden moment has to be just talking with uh, Senor Card Gage. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe that. That's great. Yeah, just any scene with him is so good. <laughs> he's he's my favorite Homestar character. Uh, and yeah. Um, how about your <laughs> and you, weekly guy? Is it the same? I think it's the same answer, Senor Card Gage, and then in parentheses, Dad Juresque. I'm I'm very happy for you, Dustin. That <laughs> you've got Thank your you. card gauge kick. And, and it, it was it it wasn't enough to k- make him the breakout star of the episode, even though he totally was. Um, it was just enough to leave you wanting more. Um, mine is probably Marzipan. I think as sultry That's a buttons good answer. and cutesy buttons, she brought it uh, both times. She does really. She really does bring it playing two different roles. Yeah. I mean, especially with sultry buttons, you can tell like, oh, she's having fun with Strong Bad right now. She's... <laughs> yeah, she gets to play a character she doesn't normally get to be. Because cutesy buttons is basically just marzipan. But yeah. Sultry buttons, she gets to be uh, a bad girl. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both kind of just still marzipan. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I, I just... I like it whenever any character um, sort of says, oh, "Strong bad, you really do actually suck." But like, yeah, we'll we'll help you out. I <laughs> I just I like that a lot. It, it was Bub's last episode. In this episode, it's Marzipan, um, and, and that's a very unlikely one for Strong Bad too. I, he can usually coerce people like Homestar and Coach Z, but Marzipan is a is a different story. Yeah, I feel like they just like being in movies because all these characters are in every danger-esque. Yeah. Well, honestly, if, yeah. if a friend of mine just like texted me a message and said, hey, I've got a budget of $80 and I'm going to shoot for two hours today. Do you want to be there? I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to. I'm definitely in that. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that <laughs> for sure. I'm 26 years old yeah. and I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to be in a movie. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll forget I did it. <laughs> then I'll never remember it again. Um, Man, it's a star-studded cast, too. Like, both Dangerous-esque villains are in this one episode. You have Producci and... Oh, what's the name of Bubs' character? He was in 
Danger Esque Two. Oh God. Um, Monocle. Mon- yeah, Monocle. Uh, Darren. Something. Darren Baron Monocle. Something. I love. I love that he calls him Danger Skew. <laughs> Danger Skew. <laughs> <laughs> and he's never corrected. I think he, that's just what he thinks he's called. Well, you you have the the full <laughs> cast here. You got Perducci, the Monocle guy, um, killing you killing guy. You guy. Killing you guys super good. Uzi Bazooka. Uh, Dangeresque 2 is a good guy now, but there was a, a worry in the past that maybe he wasn't. Yeah. Strong, sad, and playing Craig. multiple roles. Craig is so good, too, because you, to, you get that powered by the cheat voice. Yeah, that's great. That kills me every time. And, the, and of course, Sultry Buttons, the, the cat yeah. woman of the Dangeresque universe. <laughs> Yeah, that that's a way to describe her. <laughs> um, do you have an unweekly guy? I don't think I do. Everyone this week just brings it. I think they're all so good this week. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think, but uh, no, I think everyone's pretty great. They're all so funny. All of them are. They do a great job in their roles for what the movie is. Um, maybe strong yeah, mad just on a compared to everyone I can, else. I could. I could not say that. Killing you guy is so You're right. such a good You're character. Right. I'm just trying to think like, of compared it's, to everyone. It's funny else, because but... he's such a nothing character. It 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 and that's the worst name for a character. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> I guess I guess the drive-through whale plays Agent W. Um <laughs> and doesn't really bring anything. I guess just by uh deduction the drive-through whale is my unweekly guy this week. I I guess I'll agree there if I absolutely had to pick. <laughs> um, your potent pickup. What's your potent pickup? It has to be the nunchuck gun. Nunchuck's gun. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's the nunchuck gun. You use you use it on so many things, and on people, and you get little funny reactions. Yeah, it's it's definitely the the one. I almost had the uh, hubcaps. You can oh that would have been good. You can too. tear hubcaps off of the the cool car in the field and throw them at Strongmad as a boomerang <laughs> uh, at one point. But that's just all. It I does. love that it. I love that it just rewinds the footage. <laughs> yeah, in order to show the boomerang coming back and rewinds it. That's that's great. Um, although you do still have it in your inventory after it, so not only do they rewind it to make it look like it's going back, you had to go get it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> off camera <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah the nunchuck gun though is the is the potent pickup it's definitely the best one it's just the most iconic dangerous item yeah they, <laughs> they describe it as the only gun you never have to reload because it's mostly <laughs> nunchucks <laughs> i guess that's true uh yeah technically true and our final segment, linguistic gymnastics. I'm putting it at the end. How about that? What a change yeah, up. Yeah, you're mixing it up this week. I only have one that I really want to get to. And I know you have a bunch. So can I go first? Yeah, you you go first. Be my guest. So there's there's a bit where, <laughs> where Strong Bad compliments uh, Cutesy Buttons by saying that uh, it's a fitting name for her. Uh, ad- theoretically implying that she's cute as a button and then marzipan goes oh thank you and then dangerous goes um no more like i think you smell like old buttons and then marzipan (laughs) goes oh are those supposed to smell bad or something (laughs) 
<laughs> I really like that one. Um, yeah, that's good. That's that's basically my one one that I really wanted to do. Uh, go ahead, take it away. Okay, because I have quite a few. Um, so the very first one comes from the main menu of the game. Oh, nice. Because you get little funny quips whenever you put your uh, cursor over each button. And one really made me laugh just right off the bat. Uh, it's when you uh, put your mouse over settings. Uh, Homestar, uh, Dangerous 2, will say, You heard the man! Settings! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. And the next one is another Homestar line. Uh it's when Strong Bad's coming down for the premiere and everyone's already there waiting at the TV and Homestar says, Is that him? I think that's him! <laughs> He's getting real excited for Strong Bad showing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Strong Bad looking out at the city and he says, Man, that city is so at large. Great. Great line. <laughs> Oh, uh, when uh, you're looking for a clue as to who kidnapped cutesy buttons, and there's just this big TV and VCR in the room now, and uh, Strong Bad says, uh, there's gotta be a clue somewhere around this office. <laughs> Another one is uh, um, when, uh, who is it that tells Strong Bad that they have to go to Venice? I think it's Ronaldo. At the be- uh, the first time, um, maybe. I think Ronaldo's the only one in the room. No, I thought it was Bubs. Oh, it might have been, but uh, uh, Dangerous goes, "Pack your bags, Ronaldo. We're going to France." And then it cuts, and then he says, "We're going to Italy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, let me see. Let me look through the... I'm trying to narrow it down because I just have a massive... Do you think uh, Coach like, Z ev- told Strong Bad actually it's in Italy? Like, who, who I think told someone him? must... Yeah, they had to have cut between that and corrected him. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the idea that, like, one of these characters cares enough to be like, actually, you gotta be consistent here in your movie. Dangerous 3 is really important to me. So, uh, you gotta say Italy, <laughs> not France. This is an important movie, Strong Bad. That's good. That's a good code to see. Thanks. Um, every single line uh, Senor Card Gage says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the kids are all went to the Malvies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then or, Strong, or Strong Bad has Bad. to invent the Malvies. <laughs> <laughs> the Malvies. Strong Bad goes up to him and says, Dad, I thought I lost you. And Senor Cookie says, no, I was just on my 15 minute break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think it's when he's showing him the, uh, the half of the, um, half of the heart that he has, or he's showing him something. He says, check this thing out. And, uh, Senor Cardgate says, uh, okay, no thanks for all. <laughs> <laughs> Senor uh, Card Gage is great. He's just so funny. Oh, uh, when they take out the strong bad or strong sad monster. Strong sad was supposed to be a big T Rex. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they did not get around to the T Rex part. Um, but you defeat him by throwing your half of the heart 
No, you put it with the other half of the heart in the puzzle and then throw it into his empty heart socket. And Strong Bad says, uh, uh, she was kidnapped by a monster with a broken heart. And then Coach Z says, that's the dumbest. And then it cuts, dangerous. You're a genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do that joke multiple times and it's just such a funny joke. Um, one is, uh, Coach Z talking to, or Ronaldo talking to Dangeresque. It's when you get the plans from Peducci. Uh, Dangeresque says, I got the plans! And Ronaldo says, the plans! You got them, Dangeresque! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ronaldo uh, is already... a, a great character for Coach Z <laughs> he, and Strong he... Bad to have come up with together. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I love it. I love his fez. Um, I already brought this one up, but it's when uh, they're talking about Senior Card Gage being killed, and then you just see him walking away yeah. in the background. <laughs> that kills me. Yeah. Um, I got to cut you off one more for time. W- w- okay. Your favorite one. That's more. fine. That's um. Actually, I think that's all I got. Oh, okay. Um, so good job. You picked the perfect time to cut. So I, I neglected to bring up one thing I had written down that is interesting. This is directed. This episode was directed by Mark Darren, uh, mm-hmm. which, if you remember, directed another episode this season. Do you remember which one it was? Um, is it Strong Baddie of the Free? No, it's Homestar Ruiner. The very first episode. Oh, the first one. Interesting. This seems like such a step up from Homestar Ruiner. Not that Homestar Ruiner is bad at all, but like, I love this one. Yeah, I I don't think it's a step up as in Homestar Ruiner could have done more. I just think that Homestar Ruiner was trying to be a pilot and this is trying to be a very specific mid-season episode. Yeah, it's, it's just the concept of the episode that makes it. Yeah. A step up. Uh, so Mark Darren did number one and this one. And number two was Chuck Jordan. Chuck Jordan did Strong Baddie of the Free. Um, which I think makes sense because we've seen Chuck Jordan's writing credits a lot on Sam and Max episodes. So he's he's mm-hmm. sort of been all around the block. I mean, all of these people, I think, worked on Sam and Max at some point. Um, yeah. But he, he was in, in like a writing position. So he, he knows how to put an episode together. Uh, and then Mike Stemmel did the uh, Baddest of the Bands, just to just to clear that up, just to put that out there. I I'm Thank you feeling all. much more than I ever did in Sam and Max a, a connection to these directors in terms of like what kind of stuff they're making. Interesting. Do you, do you care to explain? I I feel like Chuck Jordan. Or do you want to save it for next episode when we have all five and we can kind of look back? We'll, on we'll definitely touch it on it again next episode, depending on who directs okay. that one, which I, I don't have that information right now. Um, but Chuck Jordan coming from Sam and Max and then like of these, which one is the most like a Sam and Max episode in terms of mechanics? It is Strong Baddie of the Free. Uh, mm-hmm. So like that, that makes sense. Mark Darren, I think, probably also wrote for Sam and Max, but... Um, having just directed these two, like Homestar Ruiner and Dangeresque Three, both of those I think play really hard on just some some deep in the trenches Homestar Runner fandom shit. Uh, mm-hmm. that make me believe, okay, this guy's a huge fan of the thing. Yeah, he knows he knows what makes uh, the Homestar universe tick. Yeah, uh, Mike Stemmel was 
going to if I I'm pretty sure this is right. Uh, Mike Stemmel was going to be the director at LucasArts of Sam and Max Freelance Police, the game that was canceled. That sounds familiar. Yes. So, uh, and then he joined Telltale, and this is the first thing he worked on here at Telltale. Okay. Um, nice. Well, this is a good thing to start on. Yeah. So, so uh, he was. His thing was like he was the season director of the whole game, and then also individually for the baddest of the bands, he was that episode's director. So he's coming at it from more of like a just just from that lineage. You you might understand why he would feel a bit more like a traditional adventure game guy. Uh, putting together that episode um baddest of the bands feels to me like the most sort of traditional adventure game you've got the the strict like different acts of the episode you've got the uh puzzles the the puzzles in <laughs> baddest of the bands are probably like the most typical adventure gamey puzzles so far yeah yeah. It feels a little more by the numbers, which sounds, you know, bad, but I don't mean it to I don't I don't mean it as a, a slight against it. Well, it is it is probably my least favorite episode in the season, but it's um I mean, it's still fine. It's still good. It's yeah. it's nowhere near the lows that um to me either Sam and Max season had. Um but also, I don't think the yeah. highs are near the highs of either Sam and Max season either. It's kind of in the middle, which which is fine. It, it definitely works. It works perfectly well for what Homestar is. Yeah, it, it's an adaptation of a thing that was ongoing at the time. And they really don't do that until... They don't do that again until, like... Guardians of the Galaxy? Batman, maybe like, because wow. uh, uh, Sam and Max hadn't been going for a long time. Monkey Island hadn't been going for a long time. The Walking Dead. Uh, no, actually, yeah, I guess The Walking Dead would count. But The Walking Dead. Well, it, it was a different Walking thing. Dead is like, it was a different story. Yeah, Walking Dead has its own cast of characters not related to the show or comic for the most part. It had a couple here and there. Yeah, I know later some of the, the game characters from Telltale's own designed characters ended up being seen in the show and comic later. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Because I... I'll I'll be straight up. I like the Walking Dead Telltale games. I could not be less interested in watching the show. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the first season of the show. I just don't I don't care about zombies in general. Yeah, I think having the interactivity part of it really helps with the game. Uh getting like character relationships you're kind of helping build. Just as a as a genre as like an aesthetic trope uh zombies do not do it for me i it's not a thing i get excited about at all so i anything kind of yeah you you like them uh, I'm, I'm not like dying for them but i kind of like it if it's in like something i like like um oh what's a good example um i know you're not a, a big fan of it but uh conquer's bad fur day has a part with zombies in it when I got to that part, I was like, oh, okay, now we're dealing with zombies. I like this. But, like, 
I wouldn't like set out to experience something where that was like the main draw of it, I guess. Like even Walking Dead, I wasn't interested in playing on my own. I had to have friends recommend it to me for me to actually want to play it. When I was a kid and I was going through Conquer for the first time, the mm-hmm. zombie part full stopped me. I did not <laughs> go through it. Um, were you were you scared? No. I mean, a, li- <laughs> a little probably, but it was it was more the controls of like suddenly this is a shooter game and I just don't have this language of how to play this game. I feel you. Um, I feel you. And I, I tried a few times, but also it was like, hey, want to play this level? It was specifically the like snake curling pathway uh, up to the mansion in Conquers where uh, just just that little path um full of full of zombies where they first show up it's like okay i'm i'm hard out this game ends now <laughs> this is the end of the game to me <laughs> um yeah anyway this has been our discussion on dangerous 3 the criminal projective the fourth and penultimate episode of strong bad's cool game for attractive people please rate and review and subscribe and do all the things you know you got to do for this podcast leave a review if you uh if i um see a review i'll read on the show unless you don't want me to um (laughs) i i thought that was gonna go down a different path if i see a review i will hunt you down if i see so much as a single review (laughs) so help me unless i see so much as a single review i will hunt you down because i guess i want it to happen (laughs) uh But uh, yeah, seriously, any kind of subscription, any kind of review helps us in the ratings and be discovered uh, a lot. That would would be really helpful. And if you do subscribe, you'll be given a notification, inevitably, next week when Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People Episode 5, 8-Bit is Enough, comes out and we're able to uh, talk about the very end of the Strong Bad season. Wow, this... It's the end of my first playthrough of Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. I will have to have a full discussion of uh, how this whole season wrapped up. This is the first season we finished that isn't Sam and Max. Yeah, I I didn't even think about that before. That's crazy. This is because we did the two Sam and Max seasons, then we did this one, then we just did uh, Bone and Texas Hold'em. Yeah, because Bone... We didn't finish the season of Bone, but that's not our fault. Uh, <laughs> they didn't finish the season of Bone. Um, Do you think if it was a whole season, you would have wanted to play through the rest? I mean, I already want to play through the rest. It's just, it's not, there isn't any. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a little rough around the edges, but I would have liked to have kept going. I think there was just some stuff with Bone where it like started with a lore dump of their universe and I knew from the outset, hey, you're not going to get around to this. <laughs> Don't worry. Do about not this. waste your time here. <laughs> waste your time with things I know you can get around to. You can get around to the love story between Phone Bone and Thorn. Just like do it. Do the thing with Phony Bone getting kicked out. Because if you try to do the dragon whatever, it, you won't get there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they couldn't have known that at the time, of course. So yeah, yeah. Um. So that's been this episode. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you later. Goodbye. I love you. Today is all right for tonight. Riding in a corvette and feeling all right. Today is all right for tonight.
Dias. 